Psalm 1. The very first psalm. It's easy to find. And I'm just going to go through this. I'm going to pray and we're going to get into our word. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. I'm going to reread that because I want you to hear it. Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. That doesn't mean like stop sinners. That means following, doing what they do. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. There's a lot of scoffers in this world. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its seasons and its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chafe that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the, the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. We're going to pray. Father God, I have no idea how you want to share everything, Lord, that you poured on me, Lord. But we just ask that you would speak, that you would open our hearts, Lord, that we would receive your words. And Father God, that each of us would be completely changed by what you're going to speak today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A, a person who's bearing fruit, a person who's healthy, can withstand like a tree. They can take the hits. They can take the wind, right? In a storm, a healthy tree will still be standing. An unhealthy tree will start falling apart, right? They'll start leaning. They'll start moving around. Not a healthy tree. We need healthy trees. We need an orchard of healthy trees that when the wind blows, we're still bearing fruit, right? That's what we need. And I'm going to paraphrase Genesis 3 real quick because uh, we went over it not long ago and this is talking about how Satan deceived Adam and Eve. And uh, so they're in a, they've given, been given control. They have all authority in the garden, right? And God placed in front of them the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And they were walking with the Lord. They were blessed. They had everything they needed. Until it says, the serpent says, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? It changed her whole thought process. She begins to think things she starts contemplating things. She's starting to listen to a wicked thought that should have never entered her mind. She should have never thought of it. The Lord told her, don't eat the tree. He actually told Adam, and Adam probably told her. The Lord may have told her, I don't know. She added to it by saying you couldn't touch it, but I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, she said we may eat of the, any of the trees uh, in the garden, but not you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree. In the, uh, that is in the mist, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. 
And serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. The God, God knows that when you eat it, eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing God and evil. So when the woman saw that it was good for food, we know what happened. She eats it. But the deception was so simple was God's trying to control your thoughts. You actually know the right thing. You know it's good. You see me touching it. Problem is, she didn't realize that God just said you couldn't eat it. He didn't say she couldn't touch it. But here he is playing with it. Right? And we can often get our minds so deceived, like so quickly a thought can be deceived. So quickly. Somebody can just say something and our minds completely change. Rational thinking is just not in it anymore. We may even think it's good. Maybe we're doing the right thing, right? And I want you to remember this saying. It's out of John 8.36, and we know it, and we know it, and we know it, but sometimes we don't know it, and it is, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So remember that as we're talking. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And remember that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Actually free. When we're set free, we're really free. Adam and Eve were free. They didn't even have to be set free. They were created free. But then their minds got them corrupted. So we're going to spend the rest of our time in Second Peter 2. And uh, I was talking to Jason Thursday night after prayer. And it... Uh, we were just having a great talk, and I told him where I was going with the message today, and he was so excited. So he won't be as excited when he knows the Lord changed it. And uh, But the odd thing is, is whenever I was praying Friday, the Lord gave me Second Peter 2 for my message. And I read it, and I kind of understood how it lined up, but I kind of didn't. And then last night when the Lord told me, go back through, reread your notes a whole different message came out. So, it says, but false prophets also arose among the people. Just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive uh, heresies, her- heresies, even denying the master who brought, bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. That means there are people in the midst who will say things that aren't necessarily of God. It will sound good. It will sound like it's a, it's a plan of the Lord, but it doesn't necessarily mean there is. Right? At least you've been in church a lot longer than me. How many times have you seen this? Always. And it's not always ill intent. Sometimes it's with good intent. But it doesn't mean it's from the Master. Right? And many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be uh, blasphemed. So they will seem appealing. You will be appealed by what people will say. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle. And their destruction... Is not asleep. So these are people who are operating out of past things. And they're bringing them in. It could be past hurts. It could be whatever it is. But the past has affected what they're speaking now. 
Okay? Now, mind you, I said, he whom the Lord set free is free indeed. So when the Lord sets us free of anything, we should walk in freedom. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah and herald a righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom into Gomorrah and Gomorrah into ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is good uh, going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as the righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormented his righteous soul over their lawlessness, lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. The Lord knows how to. And to keep the unrighteous under uh, punishment until the day of judgment. And especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passions and despising authority. Now this is a very impressive uh, text here. People will always like, people who are not walking in the path of the Lord, people who are not in the will of God, will will always feel a condemnation. They will always feel like they don't belong. They will always feel like uh, they'll just be an issue in their life, always. They'll never feel settled, right? And uh, how many of us have ever met people, everything they do, I heard from the Lord. I heard from the Lord. I heard from the Lord. And you're like, I don't think the Lord told you to do that. But we've all heard it, right? It. Uh, I want to break down a couple things in what this said. and Because and, I split, right? Stopped right there and halfway through 10. But uh so especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passions. That that sounds like maybe it's sexual or anything like it. Actually, isn't. This is people who indulge in themselves. Who are pleasing themselves. This is like a selfishness. It's a, and then those who despise authority. And I'm going to get into that with the rest of uh, 10 here in a minute, but those who despise authority. Keevan, do you remember what Steve said the number one problem in Henderson County is and what everybody else they talked to said was number one uh, problem in their city? Do you remember what it was? Do you remember? Lack of honor. Lack of honor. We have a lack of honor. That's the problem with our society. And I told Kevin, I was like, that's very interesting. I was just studying that. And it's what the Lord was showing me for today. A lack of honor. We despise authority. And that's the ones placed over us. Now, I want you to think about how much honor we give those in authority over us. Think of that. How much honor? And if we cannot honor the authority over us, how are we going to honor one another? Because honor trickles down. Right? It starts with honoring God the Father. Guess which one's next? I know we all know it because it's the Ten Commandment. Your mother and your father. Right? Your parents. And some people are like, I can't honor my dad. I don't even know him. There's a difference in liking your dad or there's a difference in saying your dad was a great person than honoring him, 
right? I, I loved Michael Jr. did a great thing on fathers, and his whole thing with fathers was he, he had a bunch of friends who had horrible dads. And one of the guys said, I'll never forgive my dad. He was a druggie. His life was so messed up, and I'll never be like him. And he said, that's how you honor your dad. You learn from his mistakes, and you never repeat them. And that's how you bring honor to people. You bring honor by making better of yourself because of them, right? You honor them with your life. You honor them with your heart. But when you have anger or bitterness or you have uh, judgment or anything else in your heart for the people above you, and don't get me wrong, I have this problem with our, with our leaderships in government. I have this problem. I don't put honor on them. Instead, I want to condemn them. I want to sit here and point out everything wrong for, with them, forgetting that God set me free, that I don't have to be controlled by that. But we are often controlled by our dishonor of other people. It controls us. And I don't have to tell you that because every last one of you are sitting here thinking of the people who you're dishonoring and how it controls you. Right? Bold and willful. They do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. These are the appointed ones or the anointed ones or those put in leadership is what this means. They're bold about it and they don't even think twice about it. They think they're okay in it. They don't tremble. This hits me because there's times that I will look at our government and I won't tremble by saying how bad they are. And our government's bad. But I can honor them. I can pray for them. I can love them. I can change my heart. I can't change our government, but I can change me. Right? We're too busy trying to change the world to forget that we need to be the change. And it starts by changing us. And if I can't be changed, and I'm just pointing out other people's problems, I am the problem. I am a big problem. Because I'm not willing to let the Lord change me. I'm worried about somebody else fixing all the problems. But the problem is me. And we see it in the church. We see it in this church. A lot of people don't honor the leaders. They don't honor Pastor Chad, myself, Keevan, other ones. Ryan, guess what? God can't use you if you're not honoring those above you because you'll never honor anybody. You won't have that ability. Whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judge against them before the Lord. The angels would not blaspheme the very people we blaspheme. The angels who have a a direct audience and in walking with the Lord would not do the things we're willing to do. Would not treat people the way we're willing to treat them. That's scary to me. Because they know the Lord a little closer than I do. And they would never do it. But these, like irrational animal creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant. Blasphemy about matters of which they are ignorant. You know how many times I look at our nation and I say, that is stupid that they do that. And then I'm thinking like, well, really, I don't actually know the whole picture. I don't actually know what's going on. I don't, I've never been the president of the United States of America. Shocker. I know it has to be the hardest job in the world. 
And I'm very ignorant of what that looks like, yet I'll still judge it. Isn't that crazy? I don't spend as much time praying for our president as I do judging our president. And that's me. I'm telling you that. And I wonder how many other people I'm that away with. I don't I don't like that I'm being referred to by Peter here as a a, a blaspheming animal. A, a creature of instinct, right? And we do it. We do it out of instinct. It's just what's natural to us to do that stuff. But he tells me that because I act in that way, right? Okay, he says, which they are ignorant. He says, blaspheming about matters which they are ignorant. They will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong at the wage of their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. And that means just to go out and do your own thing. To please yourself. To be selfish. And it's... They count that as pleasure. And I'm going to ask you this, and I don't want hands, and I don't want you telling me, but how many times have you ever said, I don't care what the person above me says, I'm doing it anyway. I don't care what the law is, I'm doing this. That's taking pride in our reveling. Right? I don't care. It's about me right now. This is what I want. Right? It's a different thing when you say, the Lord is sending me out, and I got to honor the Lord. And if the if something happens that the world like if they get mad at me or whatever, it's for God. That's a lot different than saying I don't care. I'm doing it, and I don't care. Right? Some of you may not like me after this, but this is what the Lord showed me late last night. So, and this is actually going to be a lot nicer message. So, not my fault. God's fault. You take it up with God. So it's suffering wrong at the wage of their wrongdoing. Oftentimes we think we're being held back or persecuted or anything else, and it's actually just the way we live. Very often. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are they are blots. And blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. Blots and blemishes to God. I don't want to be a blot or a blemish, right? I don't want to revel amongst you in my deception while I deceive you to think I'm righteously doing something, or that I myself am deceived thinking I'm righteous in what I'm doing. Right? What the Lord showed me over and over while reading through this, is there's still a spirit of rebellion in the church. A spirit of rebellion will never be blessed. And if we are going to reach a community, if we as a church are going to do what we're called to do and we're going to fulfill the vision of the Lord, a spirit of rebellion cannot be in it. Okay? And you may think like, well, I got visions. God's given me a vision. Let me tell you, if the Lord's giving you a vision inside of the church that you're a part of, it should either come alongside of that vision, coincide with that vision, but it should never contradict the vision. 
And if it does, you should be praying about that. And if you still can't get to the center of it, you need to pray with people. You need to be meeting with leaders, figuring out why does this look different than what you're telling me, right? They have eyes full of adultery. And I'm going to say this, the adultery there is not cheating on your wife or your husband. The adultery as it's worded here is they are cheating on God. They are following false idols, usually themselves. But it's something that is cheating on God, not following the Lord. Okay. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. A person who's going to do this will try to get some other people to fall right along with it. And if your soul is unsteady, you will fall right along with it. They have hearts trained in greed. Hmm. Accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. That means they have went so far that they kind of understand the other way is right and they don't care. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain for, for wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgressions, and, speech, and a speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. If you remember, Balaam uh, kept, kept being offered all these riches to speak against what the Lord was speaking. And he badly wanted to do it, but he couldn't because the Lord would not allow him to do it. But we know right afterwards, he starts taking the money anyway and turns on the Lord. But the whole time, even though he was speaking what the Lord was saying, his heart was still focused on what he wanted. Right? And the guy was so full of himself, it took a donkey to talk to him. And he still didn't even recognize what was going on because we know he's talking to the donkey like it's a human being. He was more stubborn than a donkey. And sometimes we get that way. We think we're so right we can get more stubborn than a donkey. And God's trying to talk to you and you're just like, I get it, but this and that, and I know I'm right, and I'm, and, and you, you justify it. Or you may even give in a little bit because you know God says it, but your heart's still focused over here, Right? I know this is probably mostly me and nobody else ever has these issues. But there has to be a reason why God said there's a spirit of rebellion and I can't move forward why it's there. Right? We need everybody. We have to be on the same page. We have to be following the Lord. We cannot be rebellious in spirit. God will not honor it. And I am going to confess myself right now that I have been blind. I have not been blind to this. I have seen this in our church. I've turned a blind eye to it at the thought process that it'll go away, which is not how I was trained. Pastor Rod told me a long time ago, it will not go away unless it's addressed head on. It does not go away. And and you may think like, Eddie, you're being dramatic. I would like to say I'm being dramatic, but other leaders have come to me and told me the same thing. They see it. We see it. And we have a place that we can repent today together and we can all out for the Lord. I don't care what your struggles are. 
Well, I do, but I don't. Give it to the Lord, right? You don't have to tell me. I don't care. It's between you and the Lord, but we have to let it go. We have to bring healing into our hearts. And we can't say, you don't understand, it's not me. It is. It is you. It is you. As it says here, it's you. You have to let it go. You have to let the Lord heal it. We have to. And then we move into restoration. Right? Healing and restoration. But the Lord has to heal your heart. Then we move forward restoration. We don't move into a place of, I'm going to talk and they're going to agree. We move into a place of, I'm hurting. Lord, help me get, get through this hurt. Heal me. And then we move into restoration. Right? It's the way this works. And uh, we have to do this, people. We have to get to a place where God can use all of us. We have to get to a place that uh, we're healthy. Each individual is healthy. I love everybody in here. And I don't even know who all this is for. It really could be one person or no person. It may be me, God, saying, hey, stop turning your eye to things. Right? I don't know. But I know I was to share it. I know my message for today was not this. And then uh, when I learned that the greatest problem in our society is dishonor, and we're not honoring one another, we're not honoring people within the church, how are we ever going to honor the, Lord, the people the Lord put in our paths? Right? When I see somebody who's hurting, if I walk up to somebody and I see they have an issue, and I see them as their issue, and not as somebody I love, it's somebody God's wanting me to share with. If I can't look past that or get past that, there's no honor. Right? But if we can't honor one another, we'll never honor those who need Jesus. We can give a false honor. We can pretend. But the Lord wants to heal us. And Ryan, you can come on up. And it, uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. And like I said, I don't know who this hits. I know from it hits as the fact that even above our pastor, even above other leaders, the way I look at our government has not been a place of honor. Not to say I agree with our government, but I still have to honor them. I still have to love them. Right, I know that their plans do not align with God. Guess what it said? It said God will take care of that, right? Judgment is not ours. Judgment is of the Lord's. When we remember that, I'll tell you what, some of the most freeing times are is when I realize that, oh, wait a minute, I'm not in control. Oh, wait a minute. Our, our society is so messed up, but you know what? That's the Lord's problem, not mine. Mine is to love one another. To love people. As Kevin said today, I just want to love everybody. Right? That's where we're at. It's not fixing the world. The only thing that fixes the world is Jesus Christ. And we're not Jesus Christ. At least I'm not. I'm a great representation who falls short, so I'm a horrible representation. But it, uh, yesterday had us talk about the woman caught in adultery really where we were at at our table and we're talking about this it really hit us that uh 
You know, they said, look at yourself of how you would deal with people, with that woman like Jesus. How would that look? And, and we realized that we don't deal with people like Jesus. Right? We are that crowd. We're the crowd of the people who took the woman to Jesus. Now, how we love that woman in that moment is different. Right? Do I go to the do I go to Jesus and I was like, we got this woman caught in adultery, you know, she's horrible. Am I looking at her sin or am I going to Jesus and saying, Lord, this lady needs you? Right? They need you. There's a big difference than looking at somebody as their sin and looking at somebody who needs Jesus. A huge difference. Right? I can look at our government and say, hey. They're messed up. They got this problem, that problem, this problem. But you know what their real problem is? They need Jesus. Right? I can look past somebody's problem and say they need Jesus. So, I'm going to leave all that with you and I'm going to pray. And Ryan's going to play. The altar's open. But it's time for us to worship. And if you're offended by what I said, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. If you're offended by it, you need to take it to the Lord, not me. Okay? There's a reason. Because when there's a spirit of rebellion, there's also a a spirit of offense. And a spirit of offense can can shut a church down cold. So it uh but no, I love you, and I'm gonna pray for you. And like I said, it may not be you guys. May just be for me, but I know I've seen it at places, and I don't even know if it's anybody in here anymore. But we've seen it, and uh, we love you guys. And let's pray, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, God, that that you love us enough to even give us the tough messages. Father God, I pray that you would you would search our hearts, God. And Lord, if there's anything in us, Lord, that's not pleasing to you, anything in us that's not aligned with you, anything in us that is rebellious to your way and your heart, Lord, got to pray that you would just, you reveal that, you heal that, Lord, you bring light to it, Lord. God, obviously we can't change on our own or we would. Lord, speak to us. Make yourself known. Make yourself whole. Lord, pour out your love upon your people today, God. Show us how to love the way you love. Show us how to see people the way you see them, Lord. Take that veil off of our eyes, Lord. Whatever it is, God, that is causing us to see people not the way you see them, Lord. Take it away, Lord. We love you, Lord. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. us out so we can get on with our day, but I want to leave you with this quick uh, confession of my own. So yesterday, I, I had to leave 
during the lunchtime of this event we're at. And uh, I'm driving back here to Evansville to pick up some kids to take to um, uh, Claire's birthday party. And uh, as I'm on my way there, I see this truck out of Tennessee. And it has a political sign, like bumper sticker, on the window. And then I see another one on the actual bumper. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, wow, who would drive around with that on their truck, right? Like, you drive in the wrong area, there's going to be issues. And I'm thinking, maybe in Tennessee, people wouldn't say much. But around here, you're going to fall under attack. And I thought, wow, what weird people. And then the Lord... As I'm driving down the road, this is before I even knew this message, and actually it just hit me when I'm sitting there. The Lord said, why are you looking at their stickers anyway? Right? Why am I looking at that? When truthfully, I could have just been praying for the people. And I did. I started praying for them. Lord, I don't know where they sit with you, but Lord, I pray that you would just minister to them. You would love them, Lord. I don't know where their heart is, but they need you. I just began praying for them. And my heart ached for those people. Never met them. I don't know who they are. They could have been the devil. I don't know, but I knew the Lord said, pray for them. Right? But that wasn't my first response. My first response was, by a sticker I saw, was to immediately judge what they were, who they were. Right? And we got to get out of that mindset. Right? Our thoughts should always go right to prayer. It should never go to division. It should never go to, oh, there's something wrong here. No. The only problem wrong there is our hearts. It's us. It's always our hearts. So I'm going to close this in prayer, but as we pray, Brennan brought something to my mind. And he, and I love, I, if you ever get a chance, if you don't talk to Brennan much, you need to. He has a way of just saying things the way they are. And we know that when Satan's doing something over here, there's a whole different thing going on over here. And he's been in prayer about Ukraine. And he's been in prayer about Iraq and places like that. And the Lord showed him, don't forget Israel. Because when Israel's done, we're all done. Right? So we're going to pray for Israel as we close. That's such wisdom. We're being distracted by one thing, and we know Israel, they need us. So we're going to pray. And I thank you for that, Brennan. So Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all you're doing in us, Lord. And we know, Lord, that in our own lives, as distractions come along, the enemy's trying to get us somewhere else. So Lord, I pray that that would never happen to us, that that would be something that you would always guard against. But Father God, I also pray for Israel, Lord. God, we lift up Ukraine, lift up all these other places, Lord, that are struggling and that are at war, God, and they need you and they they need your presence, God. And we know, we see, Ariel pointed it out Tuesday night, God, just the work you're doing in, in Ukraine, Lord, we're grateful for it and we're asking for more of it, Lord. Give us more of that. But Lord, we also come alongside to Israel, Lord. We ask your hedge of protection around them, Lord. We pray that you would always remind us of their need for you, God, and, our, and, and your protection, Lord. We know that they're always under attack, God, so we pray that you would just show a, a great and powerful love to them. Lord, use us how you need to use us, Lord. 
But let us never forget, Lord, that your people, your people need us, Lord. And we need you and we need them. So, Father God, we thank you. We love you. And we're so grateful for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.